Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. This is Kim of Black Free Thinkers, and we are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself, not convert you. Again, this is Kim of Black Free Thinkers, and we are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself, not convert you. So, hey, everybody, how are you? I was not able to get I was not able to do a show last week. So I wanted to make sure that I did one for today, but I'm also going to do a second one to make up for the one from last week because you know a lot of things are changing for me. So most of my shows from this point probably will be pre-recorded like this one and the next one. And I'll try to do live shows when I can, but the way it's looking, it's like that won't be anytime soon. But, you know, I just want to let you guys know that, you know, I, I enjoy doing the show. I miss talking to you guys. All of that is just, it's a lot happening. And like I said, I'm back in school and it's just ridiculous. You know, I was laughing because on the last show, I was saying that I was bored. But I didn't mean that necessarily, literally, you know, it's, it's just I have a lot on my plate. You know, when I say bored, I'm talking about something totally different. So anyway, you know, have you all been paying attention to what's been going on, especially this past weekend with these White Lives Matter rallies and things? And as I've told you, you know, in the past, that these are happening all over the place. You know, most of them are just not getting the publicity, you know, that it normally would get. And one of the reasons for that is Donald Trump does not want the mainstream media or even alter, um, alternative papers and, and, and shows to talk about what's happening with not only the White Lives Matter rallies and white supremacist protests, but also with the black and brown ones that are happening across this country. So I'm just going to read the information for today's show. You know, I usually go through some stories, and then I talk about the main part of the show. And because my time is limited, you know, I'm going to be cutting down on the show times, you know, but the shows will be more consistent because I can always get an hour to put something together and put it out there. So today's show is titled, Dear White America, White Lives Matter. And so what I wrote here is there have been a number of rallies, marches, protests, and uprisings in the white American community since their first white outcast was sent to these shores. The United States of Amnesia is feigning ignorance in their attempts to make America white again by forcing women to breed, making the colored folk um, work more um, and be more productive by forcing them to work for free or next to free because, you know, as we know, black people fared much better under slavery, right? You know, we did so much better then, according to some white folks, as well as some black folks. You know, Ben Carson, you know, concurred with that shit. And so, basically, you know, they're trying to outlaw and punish homosexuality, trying to steal more property and give it to deserving, hardworking white families who outsource the hard work part to the people of color who they believe are less than human and are their property. And so what's interesting about 
stealing more property, you know, is called homesteading. That's that's the title they used to put it under. And what's interesting is like, yeah, this used to be the Native Americans' home, but instead, you know, we want you to have it. You're more deserving of it. And so, you know, watching everything that's taking place in this country, you know, is beyond scary. It's just outright criminal. So, you know, it's it's crazy. But let's talk about something positive a little bit to start the show out. I'm not sure if you all are aware, but they had a women's conference in Detroit this weekend, a women's convention. I think they titled it Reclaiming Their Time, or Reclaiming Our Time. And, and I believe Maxine Waters was the keynote, you know. And so, yes, she was the keynote because she talked about it on one of these morning shows. I think it was Joy's show this morning. And so I was just sitting there watching that, and we all know how I felt about that women's march. And a lot of it is political because of the way that they went about putting all of this together and also how they were trying to disregard talking about racism or addressing that, although they wanted women of color to be a part of it, and, and, you know, they claimed that they were trying to be. So anyway, we won't rehash that, but I'm just laughing because I believe the meninists or these pickup artists, you know, their heads should be exploding all around the world. So there you go. Um, For those that are out there, you all know what's happening with Frederica Wilson when she reported what President Trump said to the Gold Star family, LaDavid's family, right, LaDavid Johnson, his wife. And since she reported that and the onslaught of abuse from Trump against her, you know, she's getting death threats and people are threatening to lynch her. As a matter of fact, some idiot here in Des Plaines, Illinois, you know, even got a nice visit from a couple of people in suits and, of course, he's saying, oh, that was just in good fun. I was just talking. And I find it interesting how white people can make threats and basically run around and, and have no consequences for most of the things that they do. And they'll say, oh, we were just kidding. And people would say, their kidding is just a figure of speech. You know, leave them alone. But when a black person does it, it's a problem. You know, let me give you an example. The the guy who owns the Texans, the NFL team, he he said we can't have inmates running the prison, right? And later on they made him apologize for it. But you had some of these other owners and white people saying, oh, it's just a figure of speech. And even, you know, even Bob McNair, the owner of the team, said, oh, it's just a figure of speech. And what's interesting is, you know, what made – Part of them are scared of a revolt by the players as well as the viewers, the fans. And so he knew he was going to have to walk that back after people started having a fit. But what was interesting is that the guy that owns the Washington team, he says, see, Jones gets it. 96% of Americans are for guys standing. And you didn't get a lot of people picking up on that. So he believes that 96% of America is, you know, in favor of forcing people to stand 
and for the national anthem, forcing them to recite the Pledge of Allegiance, all of that, when that's not true. So there's this real disconnect with the guys that own these teams, whether it's the NFL or NBA or, you know, the um, Major League Baseball, all of that. There's a disconnect with many of the owners and the general public. I would actually like to know how many of these owners actually have real black friends. I'm not talking about Ben Carson type of black friends. I mean, real black friends, you know. So it, it makes one think. But when when Colin Kaepernick called the police pigs, you all were ready to kill them. White people were ready to kill Colin Kaepernick, right? But this guy right here is just a figure of speech. Or he said it wrong. You know, or he misspoke. Funny how that works, right? So I just had to say that real quick. Um, you know, this is America in action. You know, the United States of amnesia. You know, they forget when white people do things that harm people of color. And also white women, let's just be honest about it. You know, but when a white male says something like that, oh, you're taking it too far, you're being too sensitive, it's bullshit. So I'm just going to move on from that before I get caught up in that shit right there because it's just absolutely ridiculous, the double standards that are out there and who gets a pass and who doesn't get a pass. And I'm just laughing to myself because when I was talking about Frederica Wilson, I can already hear some people in the background saying, I don't feel sorry for her. She's a black elitist, a black classist, and they deserve no mercy. You know, you have a lot of different people with a lot of different schools of thought, especially when it comes to um, black politicians and many of these black celebrities. And I get that. I understand that. But I don't think any of us want to lose sight of the fact that she is being threatened, you know, and and, and because of what has taken place, you know, after the Trump presidency with this particular administration, you know, the races, these white supremacists and Nazis and all these people have become more emboldened and empowered. I mean, this started happening before Trump was elected. And so it's very important that, you know, you all look at this in context and go from there. It's just, it's been really interesting. Um and I want to talk a little bit about the Nazi rallies, but I'm going to get to that. Um, I wanted to tell you guys there are some interesting articles that have been released in the past couple of days regarding Puerto Rico. And so one thing that happened today is that the governor of Puerto Rico is saying that he wants a $300 million contract with Whitefish Energy. He wants that canceled and that that contract has become more of a distraction for the country, you know, than everything else. And so go out, take a look, do some reading on that. You know, see what's happening. You know, there's been a lot of stuff. I haven't been posting like I used to. I really just don't have the time like I used to. But 
um, you know, you could probably find more activity from me on Twitter. And I'm usually just reposting people's stuff. And I kind of got to get my time management thing in order here. But um, it's, it's been really interesting. And one of the things that I do want to bring your attention to in regards to Puerto Rico is that they are now declaring over 1,000 people dead, right? And, of course, you know, the way that this story has been spun by the Trump administration and his people is that only 50, 51 people died as a result of the hurricane. And that's not necessarily true. So it was an article in the Washington Post. What is the title of this article? And of course, my free, my free, you know, computer will freeze. Okay, so it says, a new reminder that we may never know Hurricane Maria's full toll on Puerto Rico. Again, a new reminder that we may never know Hurricane Maria's full toll on Puerto Rico. And this was in the Washington Times. Now, 70 to 73% of Puerto Rico is still without electricity. So I want you guys to think about that. You know, they're without electricity. They still haven't gotten to people to give them um, resources needed. You have people drinking toxic poison water, all of that. You need to see what's happening. And so what's interesting in this Washington Post article, it talks about um, CBS's news um, anchor David, and I'm going to kill the last name, Begnaud, B-E-G-N-A-U-D, and so basically he's been covering the aftermath of this hurricane. And so he spoke to a spokesman from the Puerto Rican Secretary of Public Safety. And I guess this is the guy who's responsible for certifying the tally of deaths from Hurricane Maria. And so there's, you know, there's a video on there for you all to watch as well. But apparently there have been over 911 cremations. So this is a statement. I'm going to read it in its entirety. From the 20th of September to the 18th of October, the medical examiner for the entire island authorized 911 cremations of natural deaths. Keep in mind that not all the bodies of persons who died in Puerto Rico go to the medical examiner, but by law, the medical examiner gives authorization for cremations. The medical examiner analyzes the death summary and the death certificate. If something is suspicious, they assign the case to the pathologist, and they can stop the process. They can claim the body and or call the families for an interview. And so what's interesting is, you know, they were talking about how they put in the caveat of natural deaths and saying that even if the hurricane had not hit Puerto Rico, these people would have died from old age or car accidents or disease anyway. And so they're trying to say those 911 deaths fit into that category and shouldn't be added to the storm's death toll. Guys, you need to pay attention to this. You need to pay attention to how they're trying to spin this story and how they are treating the black and brown people over there in Puerto Rico. You know, when I ask some of these Puerto Ricans who used to claim to be white, do you still believe that to be true? Now, I'm not saying that to be an asshole. I'm just saying I'm just asking questions. I'm just asking questions. I remember having some words 
with a Puerto Rican woman who told me she was white and then got angry after I laughed at her and <laughs> and informed her that she wasn't. So anyway, I'm going to let that go. But, yeah, go look that article up. You know, what's been happening to the Puerto Ricans is absolutely horrible. But, you know, the thing is is that the people in Flint still don't have clean water. And they will not allow them to switch the water systems back to Detroit to get their water from Detroit. They were getting water from Detroit originally, and then they switched it. And, you know, they won't let them switch back. And what's so interesting is when that Flint water crisis came about, the mayor of Flint was basically stripped of all of her power. So it was really nothing she could do. At that time, you know, the governor had just pretty much sat her down. So you need to take all that into consideration and pay attention. But, yeah, what's happening in Puerto Rico is happening in the United States. It's not just Flint. You know, Flint is a lot of cities in this country. And so, you know, there are places in Ohio who are faring even worse than Flint and Puerto Rico. You know, we need for you guys to do your your research. Go and look this stuff up because it's important to know because you have these people out here who will tell you whatever they want you to believe. And their job is to convince you to believe those things. You know, just like, you know, the papers that were just released for JFK in which it was stated stated that they needed everyone to believe that Lee Harvey Oswald was the one who shot and killed him and that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. You know, and just go look. You know, I can't make this stuff up if I wanted to. But it's important that we do support the great people over there in Puerto Rico because, again, they are part of the United States. They are part of the United States. And what's so sad is you have quite a few Americans that have no idea about these um, these states that have, well, basically these other places that have statehood. So you have Puerto Rico, you have the Virgin Islands, you know, even though um, Puerto Rico is not necessarily um, recognized as a state by some people, they're still part of the United States of America. It's just really interesting on how you get the spin on that, especially when you have someone like Donald Trump in office saying that he spoke to the president of Virgin Islands and talking about Puerto Rico being someplace way over there in the water somewhere, like it's on the other side of the, you know, of the earth. So you have all that happening. But we're supposed to take confidence in this administration. We're supposed to take confidence in these politicians and government officials when they apparently do not even understand the basics or the rudimentary elements of what makes the United States of America, the United States of America, who we are, what we are, who's part of that particular tapestry. And, you know, I always talk about how they're failing these children regarding, you know, the educational system in the process. 
And you can see that. Look at their parents. Look at how their parents are acting. Look at what their parents are saying. Donald Trump wants you to believe that he's some type of intellectual. And the thing is, is that I've said before, the man's not stupid. He's ignorant as fuck, but he ain't stupid. So it's just it's really interesting, you know, all of these things that are happening. So I'm getting ready to switch a little bit, you know, because I want to talk a little bit about these Nazi, well, not a little bit. The majority of the rest of the show is going to be talking about these Nazis and these rallies. And so what's interesting is you had you have these different people down there, you know, that are videoing these rallies and these protests and feeding it out to the general public. So there's this one white anarchist, I guess that's the best way to put him, Antifa anarchist. And so apparently the Nazis were kicking his butt. And he was talking about this one black woman who apparently had no fear, who ran out into the middle of all the fighting and helped to get him to safety. Because apparently he went to the police, you know, who were there, and he was trying to get the police to help him and to, you know, help him get away from being beaten by these guys and beaten up with their shields. But the police forced him to go back out there and forced him to continue on, you know, getting beat. And so it was a black woman who came and helped him out of the situation. And so, you know, I was thinking about that. And, you know, you have these good Samaritan laws on the books in many places in this country. And so with the Good Samaritan Laws, what that does, it basically shields you from liability if you were to help someone who was in distress, someone in a situation that needed assistance. And in some cities and states, there are laws that you can be prosecuted if you sit there and watch someone being harmed and do not offer any type of assistance, nor do you call the 911 emergency services. And I I remember in one of the law classes that I took, you know, was talking about being sued by people that you helped. And in some cases, the people that helped you, sometimes they would turn around and bill the person that they helped. So, you know, good old American laws is, is, is kind of perplexing. And so, you know, I thought about that because those young black men that were charged with a crime, when they watched that gentleman die, he drowned. And they filmed it and put it online, and it was just a big old mess. But, um, you know, this woman put her life on the line to save this guy to get him out of that situation. So, you know, one thing that I don't understand is that if you have these good Samaritan laws, and to shield you from helping someone in distress. Well, I mean, can't we expand that a little bit? And and what I mean by that is, let's say you work in human resources at your company, and you notice that women are being paid less than men, and blacks are being paid less than whites. Why shouldn't they be able to speak up and speak out without retribution about how unfair that is? You know, why can't people that work at, you know, let's say a bank, why couldn't they speak out that these, 
you know, these bankers, these thieves, were stealing from poor people. There was a lot of black and brown wealth stolen and just snatched away in 2007, 2008 when we had the mortgage crisis, when that bubble bust. You know, um, why can't you have people on the job or, you know, whether it's your coworkers, colleagues, management, whomever, if they speak up about the sexism, racism, homophobia, all these things, they're pretty much shuffled right on out the door because let me tell you something, human resources is there to protect management in the company. You know, and their number one client is the company. So if they have to shuffle management out, that's what they'll do. But, you know, why aren't there laws shielding them? I know we have whistleblower laws, but yeah, just something to think about. Just a little something to think about. And so I'm going to talk about the rallies, but I want to make one, I want to say one other thing. This week seems like it's going to be really exciting with these Mueller indictments. All I'm saying is, you know, we all know I don't drink, but I think I'm going to have to find me a nice bottle of champagne and some nice popcorn to watch this shit happening. Raina and I were laughing last night (laughs) talking about what's going on with the Mueller investigation. And, you know, how we're going to be celebrating some of this. And what's so interesting about it is that I know we're not the only ones sitting back and watching this. And I told Raina, I said, well, since we're being forced to participate in, you know, a reality show, which is what the Trump administration has turned our country into, it's turned us into a reality show. You know, the way I see it is I don't watch the crap, but since I'm being forced to participate in it, yeah, off with his head, off with his head, off with his head. Isn't that what they used to say back in the day, in the medieval days? So, you know, instead of literally chopping someone's head off, it's like, okay, they're just going to fire everybody. So it's it's interesting watching all of this happen, watching how many people have been fired, which is kind of equivalent to off with his head and, and seeing the direction that this country is going in. And so, you know, we were speculating as to whether or not Trump would really be impeached or if they would enact the 25th Amendment. And, again, with the 25th Amendment, you know, the cabinet can vote to push the president out, but he can just fire the entire cabinet. So it's just really interesting looking at all of these things. But, you know, we were laughing and we said, well, we may celebrate that Trump is gone, but we still got to deal with Pence. And I'm like, oh, that's just for this season. For next season, you know, they'll probably push him out too. And she was like, but then you got Ryan. And I'm like, well, that's the good thing about being in a reality show. Maybe we can vote to vote their asses out of the office of, you know, positions of authority. So it's just really interesting watching how all of this is taking place. So if you're going to force me to participate in this shit, then I'm going to look at this, you know, as a variety show, you know, but what's so sad about it is that it's going to impact each and every one of our lives. And that's the main reason why I tell people to stop the laughing and take this serious. And that includes myself, you know, looking at this like a reality show. But at this point in time, 
You know, you're sitting back and you're watching. You're trying to figure out what you can do. You're trying to figure out what's happening and what's going on around you because, you know, a lot of this is new. But, again, we've stated to you time and time again that this chaos and havoc and all of these distractions are being done on purpose. And so there's a reason why you see Trump and and Fox News and, you know, their talking heads, their puppets, or what have you. There's a reason why you see all of this chatter about firing Bob Mueller. And it is not a coincidence. They're trying to distract you from um, what's getting ready to take place with these indictments. And what I want you guys to understand and to know is that a lot of these indictments have been sitting on the table for a while. You know, the, the ink has been dry on those indictments for a while. You know, at this point, I think they're putting the squeeze on people to make them talk. And so, you know, you've heard me talking about Donald Trump and his White Lives Matter movement. And so I want to give some, give some clarity to that and about the context in which I use this because I've seen a lot of going back and forth on Twitter. And when I say Donald Trump and his White Lives Matter movement, I'm not saying that he started the White Lives Matter movement. I'm not saying that he's controlling or co-founder, or any of those things with the White Lives Matter movement, as I stated in the notes of the show, you know, the White Lives Matter movement started when the first white outcast was sent to this country. Because what's interesting is when they teach American history, they they start with the Mayflower and move forward. You need to find out what happened before the Mayflower. The whites that were sent to America as well as Australia as a punishment. You know, they were indentured servants and they were sent to these distant lands as a punishment. You know, and what's interesting is that the British aristocrats, when they would refer to the white Americans and the white Australians, they would call them a class of criminals, a class of convicts. You know, and even with, you know, the pilgrims, if you will, that came to America on the Mayflower, you know, they were considered, you know, British bastards, you know, so the royal family's bastards. Go and read it. Look it up. I want you to look it up. And to get a better understanding as to what was taking place. So, with that being said, you know, this White Lives Matter movement has been taking place since the very inception of the United States of America. And so that's why I'm not surprised by these white supremacist rallies, these Nazi rallies. And this weekend, you know, they had rallies in Shelbyville as well as Murfreesboro in Tennessee. And, you know, of course, the resistance was out there, and the protest, the counter-protesters outnumbered the white supremacist protesters. And someone put on Twitter that they were canceling the second rally in Murfreesboro, but some of them still went out to rally in that second town. But what was interesting, because I've seen some of the videos and all of that, was when the white supremacists were trying to have their rally, the counter-terrorists started blaring La Bamba, 
to drown them out, which was, you know, funny on his face. But it was really interesting. And we need to pay attention to these things. You'll have people out here telling you to ignore it, that it doesn't mean anything, and, you know, they're never going to get any power. Don't believe that. Do not believe them. They want you to be, you know, they want they're basically trying to rock everybody back to sleep because what has happened is that you have some people that are waking up to the reality of this country and what has been taking place. You have some people that are learning about the history of this country that they did not know. You know, and again, it was James Baldwin who talked about how white people were caught up in a history that they do not know, nor do they understand. And that's just not limited to white people. You have a lot of blacks out here the same way. The difference between what's happening with these white supremacists and a lot of the black movements that are out here is that the white supremacists are more organized. See, they don't outnumber us. They out-organize us. So go and check out the videos. You can find a lot of it on the Tennessean. You know, go and take a look, and it'll show you videos of the rallies, you know, that happened in Murfreesboro as well as Shelbyville, Tennessee. And so what happened was with Donald Trump's ascension to president of the United States, you know, um, basically the money, you know, the money helped put him in that office. And so go out to the Washington Post and, you know, type in White Lives Matter. You got some articles in there as well um, that can help you as well as the Tennessean. But what I need for you guys to understand is that this has been happening for a long time. This movement has been, has been built up over years and I'm always telling you guys to follow the money, but it's interesting because you have some of these other people that are out here railing against the president, you know, Trump, and spending their own money. If you all go and look up Tom Steyer, S-T-E-Y-E-R, he's a billionaire from California, and he's taking $10 million of his own money running ads on why Trump needs to be impeached. And so when we start seeing things like this happening, what it does is that it emboldens even more the white supremacists that are trying to keep Trump and Sessions and all of these people in office. You know, and while people are looking at the tweets and, you know, concentrating on these rallies and protests, Donald Trump and, you know, his merry band of white supremacists are changing the laws, are striking down policies and laws, are, you know, um, signing executive orders, dropping policies, um, basically over with Jeff Sessions in the Department of Justice, a lot of the provisions and policies that were put in place by Eric Holder and Barack Obama, they're dropping it. Like when they basically... um, took a look at the different police departments, you know, down there in, um, um, oh, shit, St. Louis as well as Ferguson and a number of other places. You know, basically Jeff Sessions is letting these police departments off the hook. And as we've stated before, 
Ferguson is everywhere. And what they do is they find ways to, to find and put these fees and, and make bail almost impossible. And this is how these municipalities are being funded. So I'm always talking about follow the money. And what you need to do, I'm going to tell you a name because, you know, if you're following the money of about who's financing the alt-right, the white supremacists, these Nazis, I want you to look up this guy here. His name is William Regneri. So I'm going to spell that last name because I'm probably killing that too. R-E-G-N-E-R-Y, William Regneri II. Look him up. And look up what he's been doing with his money and who he's financing. And that's, that also includes the Mercers, who are definitely funding Steve Bannon, Kellyanne Conway, and, you know, follow the money. And with this William dude, William II, William Regnery II, basically, he got an inheritance, Right? He received an inheritance, and he basically started pumping money into these racist organizations. And basically, he, he's the one who seeded, you know, or planted the seeds for Donald Trump to win the office of presidency. It's a fascinating article about him over on BuzzFeed. And this was written by Aaron Rostin and Joel Anderson. So the name of the article is, This Man Used His Inherited Fortune to Fund the Racist Right. Again, this man used his inheritance or used his inherited fortune to fund the racist right. And it's on BuzzFeed. And it starts showing you the timeline of what he did and and what he did with his money, who he financed. And you are going to be, you know, you're going to be knocked off your feet because I understand if I didn't know any better, I would be like, Kim, where are you getting this from? Why are you telling people? You need to know. You need to know what's happening. You need to follow the money and follow the power. And I've said that for a while. And, you know, there are a number of other people that are financing this, too, as well as corporations. Follow the money. Follow it. You know, so it's interesting because in this article, it's talking about the Charles Martel Society, right? And this is, you know, it was named after a guy over in Europe, in Europe who fought off Muslim invaders. I mean, just look at it. Look at the parallels. Look at the parallels. It's important that you guys see this and get a better understanding as to how this came about. It's another article on BuzzFeed that I want you guys to go and read as well. And the title of this is Here's How Breitbart and Milo Smuggled Nazi and White Nationalists' Ideas into the Mainstream. And this was written by Joseph Bernstein extremely important that you all read those two articles, right? But we know how I am. I'm going to give you another one. 
And this one is on Think Process. I'm sorry, Think Progress. Again, Think Progress. And this one is, these wealthy institutions are quietly financing white nationalism. Again, these wealthy institutions are quietly financing white nationalism. This is on Think Progress. And who wrote this? Judd Legum, L-E-G-U-M. Judd Legum. And some of these, you know, organizations that are being financed, it's going to blow your fucking mind, you know, and about how they're revising history. Yeah, we've been talking about revisionist history for a while. I need for you guys to go and read this and get a better understanding of it. You know, look up ethnostate, E-T-H-N-O-S-T-A-T-E. Look up ethnostate, and that will help you to better understand, you know, what's happening. Um, and in this in this particular piece on Think Progress, you know, it points out ten nonprofits and university endowments and public retirement funds that are invested in some of these companies that are. <laughs> that are pushing these, you know, pushing for white supremacy. And it's it's just interesting because they contacted these organizations asking them if they knew that they were investing in white supremacist um, activities. And they're talking about they don't look at those things when they make investments. Look it up. Look it up. You know, it's it's amazing. You know, and, and you have people complaining because you have students out here protesting their own colleges and universities. There's not nearly enough of them out here forcing these colleges and universities to divest from these groups that are organizations or from the investments that fund these white supremacist groups, you know, um, you got places like Columbia University, Michigan State University, the Employee Retirement System of the City of Providence, Los Angeles Water and Power Employees Retirement Plan, um, National Academy of the Sciences. How about that? National Academy of the Sciences, guys. Um, Baltimore Fire and Police Employees Retirement System, the William Penn Foundation, American Physical Society, Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, and, um, you know, there's a couple of more. Tufts Medical System. How about that? Furman Firm, University. How about that? Look it up. No reason for me to make this shit up. I want you to go and and read this stuff, you know, get a better understanding. I only have 17 minutes left, so I'm trying to figure out how to do these shows and be more succinct and, and more direct. But, you know, what's interesting is, you know, what's happening is Donald Trump is a con artist. And he conned his way into office, and these white supremacists conned their way into mainstream society. 
So they've been validated and legitimized, which is what they've always wanted. And so this is one of the reasons why I tell you guys you need to pay attention to what's going on around you. And now with the way that things are and how they're coming out, you know, they're organized and they have the money, it's like you have many of them out here saying that, you know, again, racism is a social construct, and and, and it is. However, their twist on it is racism doesn't exist. And they're trying to convince everyone and anyone who will listen that there is no such thing as racism, and they're not racist, and, you know, all of these things. But what's happening is they want the ability to be racist with no checks and balances. So they want to be able to be racist with impunity and not be checked on it and not be called out on it. And so... Again, when I hear things like this, this is one of the reasons why I have such a problem with libertarians. Because you hear all the libertarianism in this shit, right? You know, and many of these people are anti-social justice warrior. They turn social justice warrior, you know, (laughs) into something that's negative, right? And so... I find it really interesting when I see black and brown, red and yellow people lining themselves up with these white supremacists and their particular, you know, theology or theories that they have, right, or ideologies. And, again, not all white supremacists are white, and so it's just interesting because now that they've they've been emboldened and, you know, empowered, you know, they want to take it a step further. And, you know, you never know. When they get done, you know, they probably want to reinstall apartheid in this country. So this is why we're saying watch, pay attention to what's happening around you. And what's interesting is someone threw out, a theory on Twitter, and I found it fucking fascinating. And they were talking about reparations. And so it was an article that came out, and it was talking about how gay men in Germany are pushing to get reparations because of the homophobia. And, you know, it was a conversation going on talking about how white gay men in America should should basically fight for reparations because of the homophobia in this country. And all I have to say about that is, you know, white gay men have a better chance of getting reparations than black and brown people or indigenous people. You have a bunch of people saying, well, they got the casinos, they're rich over there. That's not true. Go behind the casino. Go to these reservations. They are dirt poor. It's only a few of them that benefit from the casino. Again, smoke and mirrors, but I just wanted you all to go and look that up. Go and look up how German gay men are trying to get reparations. So it's important. 
You know, we need you guys to wake up. We need you guys to wake up. And for those who are around, you know I am not a libertarian, and I have many, 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 many issues with them. My next show, the next show that I'm going to do, I'm going to try to record it tonight or tomorrow. But basically, and I'm going to release it the same day that I record it. And basically, I want to talk to the black folks. I want to talk to the black people, black Christians particularly, that have fallen for this con. Especially this vulture values, vulture morals, all of that is nothing but shrouded white supremacy. And again, there are some parallels in that with libertarianism. And I couldn't figure out, you know, there are reasons why I had problems with the libertarianism, you know, their particular ideology. And I had been scratching my head trying to put it together because it was just really gnawing at me, right? And seeing how that has been interwoven into a lot of other ideologies, and it's hidden, and it's hidden very well. But that white supremacist, these white supremacist tropes, tropes and narratives that a lot of people of color have bought into, look, that exceptionalism shit is just that, it's bullshit. That meritocracy shit is just that. It's bullshit. And so you have a lot of people that have fallen for, you know, this con. And the thing is, is that you'll have them saying, well, if it's a con, he said it with great confidence. And I'm like, yeah, because he has to make you believe it. He has to find a way how to get you to take your money out of your pocket and and give it to him and and make you a cheerful giver so that you can't turn around and sue him. And so it's really interesting when you know when I look at some of these things and I get to explaining some of this to people oh they're like, you know, Kim, you're reaching. No, I'm not reaching. You know, let's say you go to a church and you're a new visitor and they want you to write down all your information. You know, in some churches they have you write down your social security number. You need to be asking why. In some churches, when they want you to make a pledge toward the building fund or the new church planning fund or whatever it is, they will have you fill out a card and sign it. And on that card, you state how much you're going to give per month to the church specifically for that fund. Do you know that's a contract? And if they want, if you fail to give that money, if they wanted to, they could sue you. So I just want you guys to kind of be a little bit more mindful of, you know, what's going on out here. But, you know, I'm going to get ready to bring this show to a close. But, you know, there are a few other articles. Um, I saw something going through my news feed, and it just bugged the hell out of me. So they were showing these... You know, Latino people, Latino, Mestizo, Chicano, not quite sure. You know, you had some people saying that they were Mexican, and and they were doing the Nazi salute. And 
I'll say this. I've met Mexicans that, that were racist. I've met Puerto Ricans that were racist. I've met Cubans that were racist. A lot more of them than the other ones. And, you know, hell, I've met black people who are racist. Come on, let's be honest about it. And I've talked about Native Americans and some of them with their racism, and it's just unbelievable. But when I saw that, it kind of bugged me. And so I did some reading and, you know, was out there. But um, there's a couple of articles out here. This one was written by... Andrea, Andrea Noel, N-O-E-L, Andrea Noel, and the title of it is Mexican Mob Nearly Lynches Russian Nazi in Cancun. So that came out May of this year. Go and take a look at that and, you know, see what's happening there because, I don't know, I'm not quite sure what's happening. I haven't had a chance to really get into all of that yet. You know, I didn't really have the time, but go and look that up. And in you know next, well the next show where I'm talking to black people, I'm gonna talk about you know how you have some white people who are saying that the Trump voters weren't racist, and then you have some other ones saying, well the Trump voters were racist, and not you know they voted more for the racism as opposed to a third authoritarianism, right? Well, I kind of take, you know, I have a different take on that. Because I really do believe when they voted, you know, it was racism, but it was an authoritarian type of racism. Because they want to put the blacks in check. They want to put the browns in check. They want to put the women across the board in check. As a matter of fact, they have a special kind of hatred for black women. And this is what we're seeing. You're going to see more and more of this. So, you know, I don't want you guys to be, you know, surprised. You shouldn't be. You know, as a matter of fact, you know, I'm surprised that it's not... I'm surprised that they've been showing some restraint. And I believe the only reason why they're showing more restraint is because the power of that women's march, all those women, you know, across the United States and across the water showed up and showed out. They're seeing what's happening with the resistance. So they're not able to march into these communities with impunity and force everybody to bend to their will. But these are important things to know. And, you know, black people, if you have a white pastor, even if it's a predominantly white congregation and, you know, you're one of four butterflies or one of four flies in a buttermilk, has your pastor said anything about white supremacy, racism, other than pray for them? predominantly black and brown congregations, if you got a white pastor, what is he talking about? What does he have to say about these things? So this is why I think it's extremely important 
that you guys pay attention to these things. And also one other point that I wanted to make today is over the weekend I was watching some of these talk shows, right? And so you had a Republican congressman say, basically is James Comer, or well, Comer from Kentucky. And he said, we have to tighten our belts. And then he claimed that, quote, there are other avenues to fight drug abuse. And he talked about faith-based initiatives will solve the problem. That's a trick. It's a trick. And I've been telling you guys for a long time that they are going to try to use those faith-based initiatives to push these programs, these these social safety nets or entitlement programs. They're trying to push it off to the church, and the church can't handle it. And they won't be able they, – they don't have the expertise, nor do they have the infrastructure or the resources which means they're going to fail, and that's what they want. And I'm talking about these politicians. So you're being tricked, you're being hoodwinked, bamboozled, D, all of the above. And you need to be aware of that because it's going to hurt everyone in this country. It's going to hurt across the board. And we're still going to have to pick up the pieces and clean it up. And it's interesting their response to the opioid crisis is much different than their response to the crack and cocaine epidemic that we had. And we still have. You know, you still got people out here that, um, you know, that need help. You know, and that also goes to sentencing disparities. You received more time in jail if you sold crack than you did if you sold cocaine. And so with the Obama administration, Eric Holder, basically, he, he tried to level that playing field. And, you know, I need to go and take a look because I didn't look. But I wonder if Jeff Sessions rolled that back as well. And if he did, I would not be surprised. But you all need to go out and look things, look these things up for yourself. It's important that you know what's happening. So, all right. And on that note, I, seconds. I would like to thank you all for joining us today. And again, this is Kimberly with Black Free Thinkers, and we are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself, not convert you. And I'll say that one more time. We are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself, not convert you. And today's show was Dear White America, White Lives Matter. And so I need to put some more tags on this. But Thank you all for your time. I'm going to be doing another show. I'm going to release it. And I miss you guys, and I hope to talk to you again soon. All right, you all enjoy the rest of your weekend. Take care.